This week on RPG Cast, Microsoft's pre-TGS press event, the new Pokemon GTS site, the folklore demo, dot hack GU review, and Final Fantasy Tactics and Persona 3 Love. Stay tuned. We all love the Chocobo. Welcome everyone to RPG Cast Episode 2 for the week of September 17th. We are here again, your friends from RPGamer.com. Uh, let's go around and do introductions today. People last time complained, they didn't know who was talking. So I am, I guess your host, Chris Privetier. I'm also known as Sabin1001 on IRC. I do some development for the site and obviously some podcast hosting. I'm Michael Tidwell, a.k.a. Firemist. I am the president of the site. And I do pretty much anything it takes to keep this thing going. Hi, everybody. I'm Anna-Marie Neufeld. I'm also known as Paws on the site. Um, I've done just about everything that the site can offer, but at the moment, I am a reviewer. Uh, hey, everyone. I'm Adrian. probably know me as Omegabyte on the site. I'm the points of view curator currently. All right. Great. Thanks, everyone. Brian Boulette also known as Ethelred, is usually on the podcast. Um, however, tonight he was having some technical difficulties. We'll get him back on ne- next week. So, no, uh, not connected to any of a certain board posts that people may have read. So, don't, no worries about that. Brian will be back, and we're sorry that we couldn't get things working right for him tonight. So, let's hit the news. First thing we have from this past week is that we've got some new Dungeon Maker titles coming. Uh, Mike, you've played Dungeon Maker before, so maybe you can give some perspective on this. Well, you know, when I actually played it, the first thing I thought was, wow, this would work a lot better on the DS, just as far as interface. You, you're you basically building a dungeon, and for the PSP, it was mostly, you know, you select a piece, you select the orientation, and then you put it down, and you could actually have a lot more fun with it with a stylus than you could with the uh, X button. Yeah. As far as a sequel... Um, it needs a lot more story. It was pretty much, all right, let's go in, and every once in a while I'll give you a quest to kill a bad monster, and once you kill the bad monster, I'll give you a set of stairs, and you can move to the next level. So a lot more story would be very welcome, but, I mean, it wouldn't live with, it wouldn't die without it. All right, so we have a sequel coming on the DS and the PSP. Or I guess, yeah. That's kind of interesting to have a sequel on both. I haven't seen many games come out for both platforms. So, But I guess they're different games, aren't they? Yeah, they are. The difference between them? I don't know. From what we've heard about it, the PSP one will actually have a story, and it will be a dark and sinister one, and the DS one will be a light one. Not light, a (laughs) light-hearted one. Um, oh, we don't really know shock. more than that. <laughs> a lighthearted yeah. DS game. <laughs> it kind of puts the two systems there. Yeah. yeah. I wonder which one will end up being better for dungeon making. Oh. Uh, you know, my bet is definitely on the DS title taking off a lot more than the PSP did one. For myself, you know, I'm not interested in either just because... I don't want to make a game, I want to play a game. And Dungeon Maker really does seem to force you to make the game, even if you're playing the game. Hmm. So, uh... It got some decent reviews, it. though, I've from some places. I, I, I can see yeah. Dungeon Maker working really good on the DS. I can see it working really oh, well, yeah. actually. Like, I, I oh, think it's going to be a be really good game, but I don't think it's going to be a game for me, that's all. 
Well, I see the the touch screen could be really interesting with the uh, sort of map building controls. I mean, just moving the pieces around on the map with the touch screen it has a lot of possibilities with that. Yeah, it sounds pretty fun. The, the girl with Har- that loves Harvest Moon, where you completely make the game, doesn't want to make the game? Well, you don't make a game in Harvest Moon. You plant crops. That's not making... You, a- you make you your don't make- farm. Well, but do you make a farm field? And then yes, fill it with grass? that's how you, or- you fill it with, with corn. Well, no, you till a farm field, vegetable. right? That's a little different. You make it. I think yeah. as we saw last week... It's not just the game mechanics, but it's the game presentation as well that's going to interest me. Mm. Remember, first you build it, then you kill it. Yeah, well, I always in Dungeon Maker you like make the dungeon, then see what moves in, right? Yeah, and then kill it. That's that's the part that sounds fun, and then <laughs> so I guess you'll get cute things moving in on the DS and ugly evil things. I don't know, moving on the PSP or something. <laughs> something anyway. Interesting that the. The names we have in the story are kind of different. The DS version says Maho no Shovel Tochiza no Yusha. I'm sorry, I'm butchering the Japanese. The other one is Chronicle of Dungeon Maker 2. I'm wondering if, I don't know, has one been announced and they've localized the name already? Or <laughs> well, they both weird. have sites. Did you look at either of them? Well, yeah, look at our coverage. We're all that matters, right? No, no, the official <laughs> Japanese sites that we linked. That's what well, I meant. Yeah. I'm trying to, but it's failing for me, so... Yeah. I don't know how we got the name, because I didn't see that either, so I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Well, one site is... Yeah. It's all very Japanese. So, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Can't read Japanese, so this doesn't help me at all, because both the sites are in Japanese, so... Woohoo! Maybe someone who, who knows will help us out. Anyway, let's move on. Lost Odyssey got a date... And uh, it was being demoed at a pre-Tokyo Game Show press conference this past week. Um, what was it? Last Thursday, right? Mm, sure. I, I think so. No, we have um, this on the 11th. Yeah. Well, that's when it was dated, but... Okay. Whatever. So, anyway. <laughs> this, it was shown off at the Microsoft press event. Lots of games being shown off there. Um, a fun part about this is I love that Sakaguchi was playing the game on stage and died at the end boss of the demo on his own game. Yeah, I guess he has to level up some more. I don't know. That must have been a little embarrassing, really. Yeah, I don't know how that feels. (laughs) I'm sure they just shrugged it off. I mean, he's a designer. He doesn't play it. He wasn't the battle designer. Yeah, I'm sure it's just funny, but... No, I, w- I wouldn't think he'd be really embarrassed or anything. Just, I just thought uh, it was fun. Yeah. Die at the, at the game you designed. <laughs> Hopefully you'd know how to play well. <laughs> Maybe the pressure got to him. I think Maybe. you're just showing us that they can have challenge in a game. Yeah. Yep. That would be, be cool. nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I haven't found the, recent f- the Final Fantasies before he left to be too unchallenging, but I don't know. Blue Dragon doesn't have enough challenge. Oh, okay. I can agree with that. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Gotcha. The uh, the they still haven't given us much of a solid date for our release of Lost Odyssey, though, have they? They Just like tossing February. around years and nothing else. No, we got they, February. February, I guess. Yeah, but it so still doesn't mean much till I get a yeah, date. Yeah, it's it's not even, even a hard date. Who knows? <laughs> All right, well, let's keep moving. 
they looks like Nintendo has put up a new Pokemon GTS site. So GTS stands for Global Trade Service. If anyone's not a Pokemon player is listening, you should be. Anyway, the GTS site is pretty fun. <laughs> hey, 200 hours in, man. I don't know how yeah, a game takes I... so much of my life so easily when it <laughs> takes me so hard long to get to 100 hours in any other game. So Pokemon GTS site opened, and Mike, you were looking at this with me earlier. What, what did you think? What did you see? First off, I was very disappointed that it wasn't real-time. <laughs> because I, that was kind of the, the whole. I was like, "Wow, this would be cool if it was real time, and I could like make a trade and watch it happen." But no, I can watch it tomorrow. Yeah, well, we should explain that when you go to this site, you'll see a big spinning globe, and on that globe, you'll see trades happening. Like it looks like it's real time. It's actually the previous day's data, like from like five thirty one day to five thirty the next day, or something like that. And it'll uh, it'll kind of show the pokeballs flying across the globe between where the trades are. It, it was kind of nice. It shows the actual distance the Pokemon is traveling and things. It's it's very well thought out. That was just my only net pick. Well, that and the fact you can't turn the sound off. <laughs> yeah, that was that was weird. <laughs> the, one thing I, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> the one thing I did really like was if you are looking for a Pokemon, uh, you can't look live and say, oh, well, I can see this many online, but you can see... What do people want for it? They give you the top ten choices of, or, yeah, the top ten most wanted Pokemon for the Pokemon you're looking at. Hmm. So you're like, well, I want this. Most people seem to want, a, you know, a Chansey or something. And they're like, okay, great. So I just have to get a Chansey, and then maybe I can find someone who will trade me this Pokemon. That's useful. The thing uh, that I had to kind of laugh at is that um, the GTS site is actually not viewable from your Wii. Now, that kind of confused me because you think that would actually be like uh, a positive feature to have, but um, whoops. Yeah, I don't think the Wii doesn't do Flash, right? I think that's what the problem here is. And they, I guess they decided to write this in Flash, so. I thought, they, I thought it could do Flash. Oh. I have to get it out. I, I don't browse that often on it, but. That many other sites online. I don't Wii, so. either. It's a game machine. I don't know why people <laughs> want to browse on their Wii. I guess I was assuming it didn't do Flash because none of the other mobile browsers, from the iPhone to the PSP to the DS, none of them do Flash, and it's kind of frustrating. But yeah, well, maybe that's um, it then. Yeah, the uh, the site also let, was missing something, which was all the event Pokemon. You couldn't click on them to see any info about trading them, even though they are tradable within the GTS site in the game. That was kind of weird. Yeah, it doesn't even list the, the three, quote, secret Pokemon that are still tradable on the GTS. You just, they do not show up on the site, and I don't really know why they're hiding it. I mean, people know they exist. People who are really into Pokemon want to see these Pokemon and see what people want for them, and they're like, they don't exist. They, you're well, be- obviously mistaken. Well, anybody who has them is hacked for it, right? Um, no, actually, one of them is uh, Dark Ray or Dark Rye or whatever. Oh, okay. And that was given away in Japan, and people do have copies of it. Well, maybe so, they don't want to reveal it to the U.S. audience or something. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's an entirely global site, so I didn't click on the Japanese flag to see if it gave me different information, but I was pretty sure it wouldn't. Yeah, probably not. Oh, well, if you need help trading your Pokemon, it's a good site to go to. Um, have fun with it. 
Uh, it's at Pokemon, P-O-K-E-M-O-N dash G-T-S dot com. You don't have to worry about any accent marks in that. Just straight up. So, it's actually dot net. Oh, is it dot net? Oh, yeah. I read it wrong. So it's Pokemon okay. dash G-T-S dot net. Next we have the previously announced announcement of un- uh, Infinite Undiscovery for Square Enix's one of their upcoming RPGs. They announced this at the same Microsoft press conference, right? But uh, this was... What was the story here? It was originally going to be published by someone else, and now Square Enix is taking it over, right? No. It's, it was announced about a year ago, and it was announced by Triace, but Square Enix did not follow up like they usually do and say, yeah, of course, we're publishing it. So it, it came of no surprise that Square Enix and I said, oh, yeah, this game that nobody's talked about, we're going to publish it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know why they took so long. What's, yeah, that that's the thing that I'm kind of curious about is what took them a year to basically come out and say, yeah, we're publishing this. Like, was Tri-Ace trying to go it alone? Were they in talks with Square Enix? Were they in talks with somebody else? Um, you know, obviously, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. But I think it was interesting to see that gap of time, which we haven't seen before. Yeah, that's definitely not normal, huh? Maybe they weren't sure they were going to go through with the project. That's hmm. happened before with Tri-Ace. Well, they definitely have a very confusing name. I mean, that, does that mean does that mean anything to anybody? <laughs> infinite undiscovery. I, I mean, it who wants to go around and yeah, who wants to go around and not discover anything for infinity? I don't, I don't really get it. You know what? Silly, silly names are are the the, the industry um, kind of substandard at this point because if you have an interesting name, it's something that people are going to discuss. I mean, we were talking. I mean, look how fast people heard about the Wii. It was like, Wii? What a stupid name. Why didn't they just call it Revolution? Oh, we were already watching it beforehand because of Revolution, though. So, I don't know. I think all the people were still interested in it before that as they were afterwards. Oh, I know. Now but we I can't mean, just talk about the silly name. <laughs> exactly. I mean, when, when you get the conversation rolling of, wow, what, an, what a weird or unusual name this is, you get people interested in knowing what's behind the name. And I think that okay. might be the idea here. So do you think there's somebody at Square who's thinking, all right, well, every you know seven or eight games will just bust out a really weird game name that'll just stand out and people can, well, can use that for some free buzz on our game? First of all, it's trying to again. Well, okay. So Trias did name it, huh? Right. And you're, you're talking about the company that doesn't capitalize their T, so strange names to this <laughs> entirely out of the ballpark. Yeah, I just don't I, don't, I don't know if they really get it as a PR move, because then I think every name would be really weird, because everyone would be trying to do the same trick. Uh, well, whatever. So Infinite Undiscovery has these so-called situational battles, which I love because we put it in quotes, because I think it really does belong in quotes. Um, you need to escape from powerful enemies or do battle in the midst of raging tidal waves, which for me doesn't really explain anything other than to say there's a lot of crap going on on the screen at once while you're playing, um, which is like, great. I couldn't tell if they meant it was kind of context sensitive, like you're going to have to do certain reactionary presses like a, a God of War type thing, or do you just have, is it just giving you the feeling of immersion, like there's a lot of stuff going on, oh no. But, oh. Any clarifications on that that you guys found anywhere? Well, I was thinking kind of what they did with 12, or Final Fantasy 12, where they uh, 
they cut out the whole battle system and said now it's just part of the game. Mm-hmm. But a situational battle seems a little, a little more unusual. Like maybe you'll go down certain paths based on what you do, or I don't. Uh, I, it, it's a weird phrase. It's going to be weird so, too. It sounds something to me like it's going to be. Uh, it's going to have something to do with uh, where, like the environment is going to affect the battle in some way. Like they're talking about tidal waves. Maybe the tidal waves will knock your characters over, make them unstable. It'll affect your performance in battle, something along those lines. Oh, sweet. Then maybe we'll get an ice level and a lava level, too. It would be great. Won't be anything... Uh... <laughs> yeah. it, it sounds like I can... It, it sounds like it's going to have a lot of merit if it's done right, but we need to know more at this point. They've, they've left us wanting. Yeah. I'm just wondering how many things are going to be very contrived to get the right situation for the battle that they want. <laughs> It's like, man, how in the world did we end up fighting in a tidal wave, an avalanche, uh, a helicopter crash all in the same yeah, weekend? How, how you know? we don't go home? <laughs> yeah. Another interesting point about this is how quickly North American Square Enix picked up on it. Hmm. Well, it is Trias. Trias has always had a good American market. And, uh, yeah, but better than Dragon Quest? They never confirmed Dragon Quest is coming until after release. Makes you wonder if they're doing another uh, 360 dual release. So what are you referring to? Because this was just the Japanese event, so you just um, follow up. Because a day after, we got a press release saying the North American ti- it's been confirmed for North America. Mm-hmm. Oh. And you're like, wow, one day. And you're like, sure, here you go. Well, it is on a Microsoft console. Oh. Yeah, that's what I wondered. Like, the that's last a good point. Yeah. Hey, you got to sell it somewhere. Hmm. Also, last week, there were some uh, downloadable games released. I don't know if we talked about them last week or not. just wanted to cover them again for everybody. In case we didn't, we had Newtopia 2 come out on the on the virtual console. And also Landstalker, The Treasures of King Knoll. Finally. Anybody, anybody here? Oh, finally. So have you played that? I haven't. I, uh... There's, there's a problem with my credit card on the Wii Point site. <laughs> it sucks Ooh. to be Canadian sometimes. Um, I don't know if it's me or if it's my sometimes. bank or um, I just I haven't gotten a chance to go to like my local game store and pick up any Wii Points. But um, I really liked Time Stalker on on the Dreamcast. In fact, I have a review up on it on the site if people are interested in reading it. Please be kind. It's some of my earlier work and isn't as good as my most recent writings. <laughs> but I mean, um, I really like Time Stalker, and you know, a lot of people that I talk to that are uh, familiar with the series um, think that you know they've basically said to me, "Well, if you like Time Stalker, you should really try Land Stalker." But, you know, up until it was $8 on the console, it's like, well, do I really want to spend, like, $75 on, on this game on, on on eBay? Well, no, but pay eight bucks. Hmm. Yeah, that'll work. So, what has everyone been playing this week? I've been playing some Sword of the New World. I did a review of it a couple of weeks ago. I had actually stopped playing for a little bit because they had reduced all of the servers down to just one channel. And having one channel instead of the original three made for a lot of crowding. Can you explain what a channel is on Sword of New World? Oh, yeah, okay. Um, In Sword of the New World, there's different channels. And channels are basically um, copies of the zone. Channel 1 tends to have um, 
any of the special um, any of the special ideas around the zone. Like some of them have machines where you plop in 200 of an item and you get out a processed item. That's only going to be in Channel 1. But Channel 2 and 3 are copies of the zone so that you can go around and level without, you know, 1,800 people around you. Mm. And when they reduced it down to one zone, there became a lot of crowding. And um, it was very unpopular with the community. Um, it exacerbated the, the, uh, the bot problem. Um, all MMOs oh. have a bot problem. Well, basically, they lost all the benefits of having the channels, which... Yeah, yeah. really. I'm, I mean, I understand why they did it. I mean, honestly, it did really improve um, the community communication. And there was a significant reduction in bot population within 48 hours of the reduction. Super, super huge difference. And I think now that they've sort of got it under control and, you know, have really listened to the community say, you know, one channel just really isn't enough. They're adding a second channel tomorrow. You know, I'm really excited to see that, especially since um, I'd gotten ahead of kind of the uh, curve of the game. And then I took some time off to play some of my review games. And now that I'm back, I'm right on par with kind of that average curve of the game where everybody's in that particular level. So the zones associated with those levels are packed with people right now. So mm. it was a little frustrating for a couple of weeks, but, um, you know, silver light at the end of the tunnel, silver lighting in the clouds starting tomorrow. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. I'm actually looking forward to as well. Um, I was looking at, I, I've kind of been watching another game that K2 is um, localizing. Uh, it's called Redstone. Um, we do cover it. Um, <laughs> it's interesting for a couple of things. Um, when you play a character, the character actually has two forms that it can transform back and forth to. And so the concept of the game looks really different from anything that I've ever played. So they're, they're looking to do... I was, I've been reading their message boards, and it looks like they're launching on Wednesday. So I'm going to have to see if I can start playing. Hmm. I'll keep us posted. <laughs> what have you been playing, Michael? I've also been playing Sword of the New World with um, Anna Marie over there. Not much to add to that. I'm looking forward to multiple channels again. Too many times you run in, and you're just like, wow, there's no point in going in this zone. There's going to be nothing to kill. Hmm. I've been playing Mega Man Star Force Dragon, and uh, ah. I was I was a fan of the Battle Network series, and so I was pretty uh, interested in this. Mm-hmm. It is pretty much like Battle Network. The battle system's been a little redone, and they added you know cute little stylus games here and there. But uh, the thing that just drives me up the wall is they have made almost every angle in the game a diagonal, and the DS is nothing but a D-pad. Oh, it fun. drives me up the wall. Oh, so it's not even isometric controls where up makes you go diagonally and everything? That would be nice. I would appreciate oh, that. Gosh. But no, you actually have to press diagonal. Ugh. That's, so, just, that's mean. It is mean. You, you, you try to run some way and The D-pad doesn't even do that well at going diagonal. So I know. Yeah, I was trying out jam sessions. It has the same issues. <laughs> uh, what else have we been playing? Uh, some more Tabula Rasa. Not too much I can say about that. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting out of uh, early beta. 
so hmm. I can actually uh, see more of what there is because so they've got you camped. right now we're pretty area. limited. Oh. There, there are two areas basically, and those are the ones they want to test. And so, you know, I went to all the presentations where they show you these really unique worlds, and then you don't get to see them yet. It's kind of disappointing. <laughs> and uh, more Soul Nomad. Getting close to the review on that, so I don't want to say too much. But yeah, one's one's that that's uh, next week, isn't it? It comes out like the the twenty fifth. Mm-hmm. And. We'll definitely have our day zero, if not a little bit sooner for that. All right. Adrian, what, you uh, you reviewed something this week, didn't you? Yeah, I've been playing the newest Dot .hack game. Um, I can't begin to describe how much I've enjoyed this series. A lot of people will say otherwise. They'll say it's uh, not that great, but personally, I can't disagree more. It's so what's your easy. .hack history? You played all of them, then? No, actually, um, amazingly enough, I actually started out with GU. I oh. own all four of the original games, which I picked up afterwards. But honestly, the difference in the gameplay is staggering. Uh, I could barely play Infection, whereas GU, I became addicted almost immediately. Hmm. It's a really huge difference between that. And I've heard uh, the storyline is actually uh, staggeringly different as well. Uh, the characters better, are, yeah, as in much better, yes. The characters are a lot more interesting. Uh, Haseo in particular is a lot more uh, enigmatic than Kite was. He's got a lot more personality to him. He's not the sort of stereotypical uh, save-the-world kind of hero you see in most RPGs these days. Hmm. So my question so, is, are you going to go back and play the originals? I might, eventually. Um, if I can manage to make myself play through the lousy battle system. Uh <laughs> <laughs> the biggest difference, the the biggest difference between the two games that I've noticed is the fact that it's an action battle system in the original games, and you have to activate your skills by going into the main menu, traversing down to the skill list, entering that, choosing the skill you want to use, and then selecting that, and then it uses your skill. Whereas in uh, GU, there's a uh, trigger button that you can uh, bind four skills to, it makes it a lot faster and a lot more fun. So, would you recommend the game? Would you recommend the GU series to someone who either um, didn't play the first one or didn't necessarily like or get through the first one? Oh, definitely. If you like, if you enjoyed the the story, if if you like the idea of the game but didn't really like the gameplay, GU is definitely where to go. It's uh, a huge improvement, and it's actually a lot of fun to play. Uh, there's still obviously some issues. A lot of people don't like the randomized dungeons. Uh, does get monotonous, but if you've grown up playing games like Diablo 2 like I have, it's it really doesn't become that repetitive. I'm used to that sort of thing. You know, I, I, the the gaming market for people that don't like randomized dungeons is getting smaller and smaller. I mean, especially with RPGs, people are pretty much going to have to get used to it. It's almost becoming the industry standard at this point. Well, you just don't buy them and then it'll stop being the industry standard. Yeah, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of people who do like random dungeon crawls, and so I don't see that genre going anywhere. So, uh, what did you end up giving that? Uh, I ended up giving the third volume a four. Um, each individual game is probably around a three point five in total. It's it's almost like a surrogate victory for me because honestly, if I could, I'd give the entire series a four point five or even a five. I adore it. Um, if you haven't noticed on the forums, my uh, avatar is the Death Grunty from the GU series. <laughs> yeah, so, the avatar uh, is awesome. <laughs> uh, 
So but yeah, the, I highly recommend it to anyone. And this is a three-part series, unlike the first one, which was four. Actually, technically, it is a four-point series. Um, the first one was four games, whereas this new one is three games and a 26-episode anime. Well, the first one had an anime, too, though. Um, it wasn't directly related to the game. It was uh, a distant prequel. It uh, took place hmm. several months before the events of the game okay. and didn't actually involve any of the same characters. Oh. Fun. I was always yeah, hoping to get like the end of what happened to those characters if I ever went back and played those games, but I guess not. <laughs> if I remember, though, the first Dot .hack was uh, almost a sequel to Dot .hack Sign. It was, in a way. Um, it takes place a little bit after Sign, and it's, uh, it obviously involves Kite, which is a new character. Kite's not involved in Dot .hack Sign. Um, right. I, if I, obviously I, I know there's a the couple cameo the characters from the anime, but... Um, actually, they're not even cameos. They look the same, but they're not the same character. Yeah, that threw me off when I was well, like, just uh, touching some it. of the really high-level people who meet up with the characters of the anime once or twice. I'm pretty sure they show up, but well, whatever. <laughs> Overall, like in Dot Hack Goo or Gu. What is it? does Gu stand for? Anything? It, does, no. it or is that a spoiler? Stands for a lot of things. Um, okay. Actually, if you read my review, there's a lot of things it stands for. Um, They're suggested in the game. Okay. But a final definition is never given. Um, interviews with the creators have given an official definition. Uh, you can't mm-hmm. see it. I'm doing little quote things with my fingers here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't uh, work on podcasts. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they never actually give a definition, which is kind of irritating, honestly. That was the one thing I really, really wanted to know. I really wanted to know what it stood for. I've been, it's been bugging me since the games began. Greatly uncertain. All right. I have been still working on Persona 3. Oh, wait, at first, Adrian, have you been playing anything else besides .hack? Well, actually, I've been playing Persona 3. Oh. <laughs> How are you liking that? Oh, I finished it a couple of weeks ago, and I loved oh. it. It's a great game. And, uh, well, so, so you didn't play it Blue Dragon. Um, not much. I've been busy with GU, but uh, I pick it up every now and then. It, it, it's another great game. Well, so you're replaying it? Oh, not so much replaying it as it just screwing around in Tartarus. Ah, fun. Yeah, you can definitely while away a lot of hours there. Unfortunately, unlike the other people on this podcast, I tend to be slower at finishing games, so my list doesn't change as often. Which is sad, but I'll try. <laughs> Persona 3 is just so, so long. All right, so we have... How long is it? Uh, probably 100 hours. Yeah, I, uh, I finished at about 80 or so. But I, I admit it, I, I played it on easy. However, at the same time, um, my husband, who's never played a Persona game before, no, no Shin Megami Tensei, generally does not play console games. He decided that he was going to really challenge himself and play through on normal. So I have seen what a normal game looks like, and I have seen what it takes. And um, I think he clocked about 110 hours before he was done. They're mean to you. You die a lot. The part that sucks, and I guess this is all Shin Megami Tensei games, you, your main character dies, you're done. It's not a party wipe. It's just if your main character dies, then it's over. So you get into the wrong battle, and you have the wrong persona equipped, you have a weakness against the wrong element, you can get wiped out by the enemy getting three attacks in first. It just, yeah, it sucks. 
can use. It's still go significantly back. easier. Uh, it's still significantly easier than Nocturne or Digital Devil Saga. Well, this is my first Persona game, so yeah. I wouldn't recommend Nocturne, but that's well, a whole other podcast. Oh. All right. <laughs> Okay, well, we won't get into it. <laughs> it. It has everything that you hate about Persona really, really prevalent. Oh, fun. <laughs> Which isn't that much, so... Okay, well, we should get on to the... Well, oh, yeah, one more game that I got a chance to play. It was uh, on my PlayStation 3 demo for the game called Folklore, coming up from level 5. This was my chance to scope out one of the next-gen RPGs for a Sony system. It was... Really, really, really pretty. Uh, the graphics are really well done. Kind of a, you know, obviously next gen 3D, but also a very watercolory feel to a lot of the kind of the menus and the kind of the, the cutscenes have a bordered watercolor art feel to them. Gameplay in this one is very strong action RPG gameplay. It's very, very much action RPG. Uh, in fact, the demo had very little story at all, which really concerned me. I hope they add a lot more story into the game because they didn't really show much there. Um, what you were basically going around doing was collecting monsters to fight for you and to use them against other monsters. Only here to collect monsters, you run up to monsters and, and you use, the, you start out with three and kind of use their attacks to, they, they each have a single attack each. And, Press a button, monster comes out, does it attack, and then goes away. Some of them can be used to, be, to defend as well. But once you weaken a monster that you're fighting, it will eventually start showing its id. It's what it's called. It looks like a soul kind of coming out of the monster. It'll be red in color. And you can press the R1 button, and kind of the psychic energy will come out and latch onto the id. You whip the controller upward, and then you can take that id and it will become part of your repertoire of monsters. And as you collect more of these ids of the same kind, you only get the first time you beat a monster is when you get that one into your repertoire. After that, when you beat more of these monsters, um, it will power up the monsters you have and make their attacks stronger or do more things. Um, As you proceed through the level, you'll also come up against mini-bosses, which are a bit harder, take more attacks, and then bosses themselves... And these mini bosses and bosses, instead of just whipping the controller up, you have to do inch, you know, more to actually finish it off and take its its id. And one of the levels, the the gimmick was that you had to press the id would be green, and then when it turned red, at that moment you had to whip the controller up, and you had to do that many times until it was done, and you couldn't mess up because otherwise it would start recovering. On the other level, it was whipping the controller left to right, left to right, left to right, left to right. So all in all, you know, it was kind of fun for a while, but I can see it getting really repetitive. I mean, the game's gorgeous, there's no doubt about that, but unless there's some more story elements and the combat was gets shaken up a bit so that it doesn't become old, uh, I can see some problems with that. So hopefully they'll do a good job with that, and it'll be very interesting and lots of good puzzles. Because uh, right now, like, even the boss fights in the demo, it's very straightforward how to beat everything. It'd be, you, you have to use, um, a fixed number of your, of your, the creatures you get. You can only sign for it once, though you can change it, like, even in the heat of battle. But once you got to a boss, there were certain things you needed to do to defeat the boss. You had to use this enemy to, or this, uh, creature that you had. They, they were called folks. Folklore, right? So you'd use this folk to disable the boss in this way, so you could use this other folk to finish it off. And they kind of tell you exactly what you need to do by way of a picture book. 
So before getting to the boss, uh, sometimes it'd be scattering the level, sometimes you just had it. I'm not sure how that's going to work out in the final version. And you get look in your picture book, and oh, look, here's a page that has the boss and pictures of this folk. Oh, yeah, I recognize him. I got him in my inventory. Oh, so I use him against that attack of the boss and so forth. So you know, kind of a bit too much given away. So we'll see how it shapes up in the final version, but you know, it's at least interesting. It's definitely worth checking checking out when we get closer to see how well it turned out. Moving on, the board threats, because you guys, you being the listeners out there, uh, responded well to our first podcast, and we want to thank you for putting so many posts up in the thread for it, because we've had like 78 posts to date on that, and uh, that's a lot um, for for just a for just a post on our index. <laughs> that's pretty high. So I just wanted to mention a few things that people commented on. Uh, the first comment I thought was interesting is a suggestion that we use a gong. Um, so I hope you heard at the beginning of the podcast, I, I, I took care of that for you. I hope you, I hope that makes you happy, Davis. Um, next we had Zero Sohar, Zero Sohar suggesting that we list out who's who, because there was some confusion as to who's who on the podcast. And I'm sorry about that last week, and I hope we took care of that for you guys this week. Hi, Jerry. Um, <laughs> hey, Jerry. Poster named Rage, a.k.a. Heath, a.k.a. former staff member here, took the opportunity in the thread to link to the most inappropriate take on a news story I've ever seen um, on our site or on most other sites. So, you know, I'm, I, I don't even think I have the, the guts to, to explain it here. But if you go to the message board thread and, and take a look there where he defends his crown, yeah, I don't know why you did that, Heath. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. <laughs> Just taking, taking a man's death and, and making jokes out of it that probably shouldn't have been made. Vigivalgus. Suggests we turn the volume up. So we will turn the volume up. And not just by me shouting, by I'm gonna try and make this a little bit louder for you guys. So sorry to all you guys trying to listen to this on your on your uh commute, morning commutes on the noisy subways and having trouble with it. And then the Ethelred hating began, and that was kinda sad. It was really just like one I think one guy and one follow up comment, uh not not really appreciating Brian's take on some things and you know Ryan's allowed to have his own opinion, just like we all are. Fortunately, Frozen Baby and a couple other people. That's just that's a weird name, Frozen Baby. Um, anyway, Frozen came Babylon. to. Oh, Frozen Babylon. Okay, so I, I think I just <laughs> missed. <laughs> no wonder I just copied that wrong. <laughs> Frozen Baby would be weird, wouldn't it? <laughs> we're we're gonna have to have him on a podcast someday. Frozen Babylon's a very interesting individual. <laughs> I think it would be very interesting for our readers to hear some of his opinions. I was glad to see some people stick up for Brian, and it was good. So we are not going to get rid of Brian, so sorry to all of you who were disappointed in him because he's part of this podcast and he's going to be on. Um, like I said, couldn't be on this week because of some technical issues, but he'll be back. So comments about pronunciation of RP Gamer. So for some people, this is the first time hearing us pronounce RP Gamer, and like so many other people, this is like one of the the most common things I get at conventions when people who are readers of the site come and talk to us and say, "Oh, you guys are from RPG Gamer, RPG, it's RPG, RPG Gamer. Gamer." It's like, no, RP Gamer. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, sorry, people, there's only people one. People feel G. very shocked when they find out that it, we pronounce it RP Gamer. So just so you guys know, that's the official pronunciation. <laughs> Sorry if it really messes with you. Feel free to call it whatever you want in your own time, but you know, whatever. 
Uh, I do want to give a shout out to Flamethrower for making a an almost minute by minute listing of the last show. Um, oh, I'm definitely sure. appreciated. Yeah, I put that into the main post. Um, I don't know that I have time to do really detailed show notes for this cast, so definitely when listeners are able to take care of it for us, we'll we'll try and make use of that. So we appreciate it to you guys when you do that. One question, finally a question, <laughs> that a, a poster had was, why is Before Crisis going to be at TGS? And this is something I didn't think about last week, and there's probably an easy answer to this. But apparently, game, right? Yeah, but isn't it already out and finished? Yeah, but they put the mobiles out in, in packs. Is it just because it's mostly a public show? They pretty much show everything, even if it's already out? Even if it's no. been out for a while? But I think okay. the cell phone, they're just really trying to hit that market hard. Okay. And so, I mean, I think half of their playable games are mobile, so they're just like, well... If this, if we want more people to buy it, and we want people to tie it into the to the uh, Final Fantasy compilation, then we just show it. Hmm. That would be the. I mean, they show lots of games that uh, <clears throat> that seem to uh, don't have any relevance. And I mean, how many times are they going to show us Final Fantasy Eleven? You know. Uh- yeah, <laughs> we we've seen it for five. But they're still years, making right? money on it, so they're gonna keep showing it. <laughs> right? They don't. They and they got expansions coming, so of course they're gonna. Yeah, I, I'd love to see what kind of new content we're actually gonna see. <laughs> oh, they got you playing again though, so <laughs> it's working. <laughs> so now that we've brought up TGS, what are people thinking about TGS? Is there any anything you guys expect or you think is gonna happen? Or any surprises you're looking forward to? or Chocobo! <laughs> well, we already know about that, though, right? Yeah, we know, but it's what I'm looking forward to. Okay. <laughs> Do you see, uh, Xanathi, any big deals coming out of the Square Enix? Or, I don't even know. Who, who usually likes to announce stuff at uh, TGS besides Square Enix and the big three publishers? Well, that's the big deal here, is Nintendo hasn't been there in years. Oh, yeah. Well, besides Nintendo, so, I guess. what's Nintendo going to do? Are they are they used to this? Are they going to... Uh, well, Nintendo's not going to be there this show? year. No, they're not going to be there. Yes, they are. This is oh. the first year they've been there in years. That's why the TGS quickly expanded to four days. Okay, cool. That is a big unknown, then. Which Chocobo game you said about? The Mysterious Dungeon? Mm-hmm. It's going to be so cute. We're all going to die. <laughs> yeah, and then you play it, and then you really do die, I bet. <laughs> it can't be worse than being a Pokemon. <laughs> that well, was way too cute. Unless it's in a Mystery Dungeon game, <laughs> in which case... <laughs> yeah. What's with the hating on the Chocobos, man? It's not, not the hating chocobos. on the chocobos. I love chocobos and I love the artwork and I think that game's gonna it's gonna look so cute and make me want to buy it. But it's gonna be the same thing with Pokemon's Mystery Dungeon. It's like the gameplay. These Mystery Dungeon games, they're just oh my gosh. It's not even that. It is the fact that it's so cute. You know it's gonna be so cute. And it's gonna be like I'm fine with or cute. masculinity may be challenged. Yeah. I gave up on that a long time ago. <laughs> well, not on being masculine, but on 
having a good public image of it. Shut up. <laughs> Please explain how that's any better. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Pause is being very quiet. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, so I'll say it outright. La, la, la. I'll say it outright. I love Chocobo Tales, and I can't wait for this. There were things there about we Chocobo Tales that drove me nuts. I, I, I actually but. had some fun with Chocobo Tales, but it, it's not something I pick up anymore. Right. Definitely pretty much played through it, got all my gold medals, and then I was done with it. There were some I could never get. It took an hour for some of them. Just of continual playing. Oh, gosh. The one where they shoot the characters across the screen was just... Ugh. That was so much fun. I don't know. I, I have a review up of, of Chocobo Tales, and, I mean, the game is, is good, It but it's like 15 hours, and it's shallow. What broke it for me was the ultimate card. The ultimate card. Oh, as soon as yeah. I played someone but it's who not really an ultimate card. Them. It's it's yeah, it so is. hard to set up. You have to have like two of every no. color out there. What? No, no you don't. it's not hard to the set up at all. The ultimate card is ten. If they have ten of any color, you win. Oh no, no, no! It's you know what? It's not even that hard. It's the AI is static. So if you go into a card battle, no, not AI. And... This is versus other people. Pause. On yeah, the we're online. doing online play. Oh, I'm sorry. There's a card that would basically do 20 damage in one hit if you set it right. if you if your opponent set it up right. So yeah, it, you're just sorry. dead. But it wasn't even set up. It was it was you take two damage for every colored crystal in your uh, inventory. So unless you be using colorless, you're pretty much owned. I think you had to have the colors on your side for that to work right. Yeah, if for all the colors you had in your inventory, you took two damage. So yeah, unless the, you're using colorless... They give you plenty of time to do damage to me, though, is the thing. Because it takes several turns. You can't just bust it out in one turn. Well, no. Yes, but, it should take ten turns. Yeah. So we also had a preview up this week of the new Final Fantasy Tactics game for PSP, which is, of course, a remake. Um, so it gives us an opportunity, or maybe just an excuse, to gush over Final Fantasy Tactics again. You guys are looking forward <laughs> to that, right? I, uh... I have a very old version of Final Fantasy Tactics. I got it way back in the day as a birthday present. It's not greatest hit. It was like the first year it came out that I got it. If I turn it over, it looks like someone has taken steel wool and just crushed it into the disc. Because mm. I have just played it so many times. It has gotten so trashed over the years. And it's gotten to the point where I, I can put it in my system and play it for a little bit, but it takes about five times for it to get started. And so I'm kind of looking forward to the PSP version um, just because I can let my old copy finally rest in peace. <laughs> yeah. So, Mike, I just wanted to follow up. Uh, I did get to check out the TGS website, and I don't see Nintendo listed on the exhibitor list. I'm pretty that sure they're the not. News. No, I think it was a big rumor around April or May. Hmm. So I think they pulled out after all. Or never confirmed it. But anyway, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to get that while we're thinking of it. So yeah, Final Fantasy Tactics. I'm going to have so much fun with that, especially with the new PSP Slim with TV output. That's how I'm going to play it. 
Oh yeah, I got well, fun with that. Also, the the discussion that they did take care of the continuous lag. Yeah, but they didn't. Yeah. I've, uh, I've heard they have. That, told that's, you that. Unless you heard that from Square, it's not been confirmed. No, uh, that's it, been there's confirmed a big discussion that going on about it in the preview message board forum. Uh, in, in the thread on the preview, there's actually like a big discussion going on about it. And Lost Keeper had said in his preview that the lag was significantly reduced or eliminated. And people were like, you know, what's going on? How do you know this sort of deal? And Lost Keeper linked several news articles and hands-on plays of a couple of websites that had gone from, you know, the lag is horrible to the lag is passable to now the lag is acceptable sort of deal. And so people are still hesitant, obviously, but we're going to have to wait and see and probably play for ourselves to really know. Hmm. Yep, so we'll see how that works out. So John Dark, we reviewed also this week, or posted it. We gave that a four out of five. What was that, Mike? Can you tell him how to say it? I mean, he talks about mangling Japanese. Jean Dark? Yeah. Okay. I'm just just helping out. Jean Dark? Yeah. Okay. Close enough. That was much better than Jean Dark. I didn't say Jean. Jean d'Arc, if you're Jean English. Dark. Yeah, Jean d'Arc. That's what I was trying to do. Jean d'Arc. <laughs> Fun. So, pronunciation issues aside, <laughs> we gave that a four. Hey, we mangle five. all the languages equally. Yeah. Equal <laughs> opportunity language mangling. Sweet. <laughs> Obviously, we, are, we already covered Omega, but Adrian's review of uh, .hack GU3. Uh, I was hoping, you know, I'm it's kind of sad Brian's not on because he reviewed Wild Arms 5 and could have talked about that. So did Sean Bruckner, a.k.a. Nwash, N-W-A-S-H, in case you're wondering on the spelling of that. Nwash gave it a 4 out of 5, and, and Brian gave it a 3.5 out of 5. So they both liked it. Um, I guess Nwash liked it a little bit more. So it well, sounds like it's actually a decent we Wild Arms game week, again. Yeah. When we were talking last week, um, Brian did mention some things that he did not necessarily like about the game and that he would be complaining about in the review. Mm-hmm. So his his review is uh, is pretty much what I expected considering his comments. Mm-hmm. But at least, uh, you know, <laughs> it sounds like a decent Wild Arms game again, which wasn't the case recently, was it? If you're talking about 4, I couldn't disagree more. I absolutely loved 4. I thought it was, uh, I haven't played much of 5 yet, but I, so far I've liked 4 a lot better. Mm-hmm. From talking to other Wild Arms fans, four was not the problem. Either two or three, depending on who you talk to, was the problem. Okay. So forgive my ignorance. So then it it's, sounds like yet another good Wild Arms game to have fun with. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into the to what's coming out this week. First up, we have Digimon, which is releasing <sighs> Data Squad, Dusk, Dawn, Breakfast, Lunch, Sensible Dinner, Red, Blue, Red vs. Blue, Premium Elite, and also Sprock's Arathustra editions, it seems. Um, I, I don't know how you release three editions of a game in the same week and expect it to sell, but... Um, Mega Man just did that. 
Yeah, that 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 justifies it. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. Dawn okay, two and of them Dusk are for DS, are and DS. one is for PS2. Okay, so they're all. Right. It's just how much Digimon do you need in a week, man? How much Pokemon oh, do you need in a week? Oh, two. But you know what? Two was Pokemon fine. Is, Pokemon's still popular though. Digimon. Yeah. I mean, when when was the last time anybody said boo about Digimon? Well, yeah. I'm sure we'll have our reviews of that up real fast. Um. <laughs> yeah, maybe Michael can send it to me and I can give it a 1 out of 5 like I gave Shaman King. Yeah. Well, we've already covered what you... Fun. <laughs> yeah, if you call, like, repeated, you know, jackhammers to your brain fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So we already had a, we already covered what was downloadable this week. Newtopian Landstalker. Um, also coming out is Eternal Sonata. Finally, Eternal Sonata, the pretty looking game about Chopin's deathbed dream, uh, finally coming out. And Gamespot just gave this a pretty decent review, probably eight and a half. Um, we don't have a review up yet. We'll look for that coming up soon. This, I found that interesting because in the Japanese release seemed to be people are previewing this thing to land around a six or so. So to see to get some eight scores in the U.S. seemed uh, I don't know that they changed anything. So maybe it's just better among our audience or something. Or do you guys have any comments on that? I think it has something to do with GameSpot's reviewers. Actually, I've noticed a lot over the time. GameSpot's reviewers really like stuff that's bizarre and different, and they don't really like the stuff that's traditional and. I think it's suffice it to say Eternal Sonata is bizarre and different. That is true. Um, I, I have had a chance to play a demo and play this back at E3, and it was kind of fun. Um, I can see the battle system getting repetitive, though, so I don't know how it's going to tur- how well the long game will turn into. I'm looking forward to the review we'll have up, make a decision if I'm going to purchase it for my time. We also have Grolancer, Heritage of War, which um, another highly looked forward to title. Okay, maybe not so much. Um, we got anybody uh, working on that one, Mike? <clears throat> uh, we do not have our copy yet. We're waiting because they would like to include the packaging in the review. Oh, okay. So we're only getting the retail version. Okay. Some companies do that. It's kind of weird since we don't mention packaging at all in our mm-hmm. reviews. We don't we, deal with We had before. We used to do it with Working Designs games, and they were upset that nobody mentioned it in their last release when they surprised everyone. Uh, I guess the Persona 3 had extras. And, of course, nobody in the review mentioned it because we don't get the extras in our review copies. And they were upset about that, so they decided for Growl Answer they were going to do it this way. I like the Persona 3 extras. I'm glad they did that, but I did find it odd that no one mentioned it. Well, they had to um, I mentioned it in my review, though, so... Well, yeah, hmm? but... Our reviews came out after the game was out. Yeah, mine, mine was after the fact, yeah. 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 You know, as as a reviewer, maybe I'm just, you know, critical or old-fashioned, but I don't really think packaging has any real place in a review with perhaps, you know, some odd mention in either the introduction or the conclusion because if you're buying a game for the packaging... That's a little shallow. Shouldn't you be interested in the game and not what it's wrapped in? Well, you're talking about designing a game based on that. You're, what if you're on the fence and they're like, oh, but you get this cool stuff. And you're like, oh, well, all right. Like a then Harvest Moon cow, it. for example. 
I already have two of those. I, I told you, I have two of every Natsuke plushie. New, if they released a new plushie, you'd want the new plushie, wouldn't you? Well, of course I would. Yeah, you would. <laughs> it can make a difference. <laughs> if it's the right add-in, it can, the collectability of that add-in might make a big difference. But yeah, you're right. In a perfect world, it should be about the game and its content. <laughs> um, I don't think it hurts to mention it. Yeah. Definitely doesn't hurt to mention it. Especially if it's a good value. It's something mm-hmm. that you're going to like. Um, cool. And, of course, we have Soul Leader coming out next week. Uh, so that, that pretty much wraps it up for us. Uh, anything else you guys want to mad- mention? Um. Send in more emails. We want to answer questions. Yes. We didn't get yeah, to reviewing the, the email bag this week, but we will take a look at that next time. And... So just send those in to podcast at rpgamer.com. Also post in the boards that we're definitely checking that as well. And we look forward to seeing what you have to say. Thanks for joining us for another RPG cast. And we will see you next week.